Hi, this is Paul. Now, one of you sent me this video, and this person who sent me this video sent me Malcolm and Simone, and this person has a really good track record of sending me stuff, so when she sends me things, I usually watch them. And clearly, from the beginning of this podcast, I am doing it wrong, because I am not wearing a black t-shirt, and I am not working out as I should, and I do not have a black background, so that my uh, the whiteness of my beard could be just, you know, could just shine in the darkness. But this was a really good video, and it actually gives us a lot to talk about, not just in terms of what's going on with YouTube and podcasting, because that's sort of integral in terms of this community, and I think it's in some ways integral in terms of what's going on, but actually maybe I should play a different video first. It sort of happened on Twitter a couple of days ago, or yesterday, Seems like a couple of days ago. Um, Paul Anleitner tweeted, The unedited long-form conversation videos are going on Patreon these days using YouTube channel more for video essays. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And, and so then I sort of retweeted that. I said, hierarchy is happening all over. Because, oh, here's these payment things. And I don't know Paul's situation right now to what degree he's relying on social media for income or um, I should I should Paul and I should probably talk again um, I gave a video podcasting talking head thing a good try for years never quite landed in my corner of the internet internet like it has yours despite the overlapping spheres probably 90% of my YouTube subscribers came for the shorter video essays on philosophy theology and movies etc my best videos don't even have my face in it, which I'm trying to not take personally. <laughs> Paul's a very good-looking man, if I don't say so. <laughs> Got a great name, too. But um, um, your channel is a sign and a wonder, Paul. I think you looked, I think it, I think if you looked at Karen Wong, Meaning Code, Parker Sedeke, uh, Sam's channel, or even Preston Sprinkle, who has some heavy hitters, you'll notice a lot of great conversations that can go virtually unnoticed in comparison to yours. Yeah. It was actually a few days before this that I, I went over to and looked at Paul's channel, and Godzilla Minus One is an Oppenheimer sequel, 101K views. Godzilla Minus One is a masterpiece, 250,000 views. Rafe Kelly, 369 views. Um, and it, so again, I've noticed this about, about YouTube that it's, it's really interesting where the algorithm goes and what it does and what it doesn't do. It's, it's a strange, it's a strange thing. And then Parker Sedeke came in, he said, seriously, I started a new channel with shorter videos and I hit 125,000 subs. You know, I'm just kind of... <laughs> Can't hit 30,000 subs myself, but that's okay. Um, and 4.5 million views in 10 months. I thought people liked long form on YouTube because of Rogan and Lex, but they just like Rogan and Lex. And then Paul says, Parker, I definitely like you more than Rogan and Lex, which I agree, I like Parker better than Rogan and Lex too. And and there's a there's a lot of good there's a lot of good stuff going on here. But again, it makes me think about okay, what, what on earth is going on? And my, I mean, my videos 
don't really get that. I know whenever I say this, some of the other channels say, but your videos get more than mine, but my videos don't get a lot of views. Now, there are, there are some out there that have, you know, my biggest, no surprise, my biggest viewed video is my conversation with Jordan Peterson. And then after that, what does Jordan Peterson think of institutional racism? That's a very early video. And, um, but yeah, you know, not, not really a lot of things. Uh, Food Truck Emily video, 1,500 views. I was going to actually take a screenshot of that because even minus one subscriber. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. So, sorry, Emily, someone doesn't like you. They unsubscribe because of you. They probably unsubscribe because of me. Um, the little, little short one I did with, with Guy that I put the wrestler on, I, that's fun. I like, I like doing thumbnails sometimes. If I take the time to do it, it's fun. Yes, Jory video, 619 views. The Dunbar number one, 1.2K. Uh, Islam, Mr. Light. So, so many of these videos, you know, again, John Verveke, um, between the two of them, you know, 6,000 views. The biggest video I've had recently was not unsurprising my conversation with Jonathan Peugeot. That's, that's over 20 views, but most of my videos, not, not that big, not that many views. Um, every now and then one will go up above three, four, 5,000, but, but not that often. So what's going on? And then I was, uh, this morning I was listening to, ba I was listening to Christian Baxter and Pete talk. And, and Pete has really been sort of following Joe Rogan, which is super helpful. And again, I think it's part of this distributed cognition thing that we have going because ever since Joe Rogan went to Spotify, I have this weird bug with this massive monitor I have right here that when I open up Spotify on this computer, this monitor goes out. I've changed drivers and so I just never open Spotify here and I don't use Spotify anyway. But if Joe Rogan comes back to YouTube, I might keep a closer eye on him, but I don't really follow Joe Rogan. So it's really handy to have someone like Pete follow Joe Rogan. And so if Joe Rogan does something, the feed will probably, Pete will probably make a video of it and then that will come up and I can at least get the information from the title and thumbnail, even if I don't have time to, to watch the whole video. Now, I really enjoyed the section talking about Thomas Kincaid. That, that, that really moved me, but that's not really the point of this video. Um, it's more the question about what, what is the internet doing? How is it changing things? That's what's happening. And, and it did seem like this thing that, well, only a Joe Rogan can do this. Only a Dax Shepard can do this. Right. Um, and, you know, like, and because they're celebrity, they were already celebrities. And, and it's like, well, and it's only worth doing if you can have a, a following of X, you know, and it's like, yeah, no, maybe there's maybe there's something else going on here. Because I heard you say, uh, and I think we hit on this, you know, the little bit of conversation we've had, but it's like, you know, I wished I could have been in those conversations or been having right. those conversations and been a part of that. It's like, because I'm not. And that's a piece of the corner. It's like, I'm not mm. getting... And, and I think Christian's exactly right. Now, in the live stream this morning, I talked about the... Well, we want to... I started this whole doing these commentaries on Jordan Peterson's video because I would have loved to sit down and have a conversation with Jordan Peterson. I would have loved to have had the 
uh, good fortune or providence of being Jonathan Peugeot and finding Jordan Peterson early before the status rocket ride and becoming a friend and getting to know him because he had such interesting things to say. And I very quickly realized that even with 300,000 subs at that point and all this drama around him, I wasn't going to be able to sit down and, and get to know him. And, and so then I can interact with his avatar on YouTube. And the more I did this, the more I realized that I, I don't have, this is back to the Dunbar number, I don't really have time in my life to actually have relationships with all these people. So I'll sort of have relationships with their avatars. There's something really weird and creepy about that. But if you really want to know weird and creepy, <laughs> there are descriptions of things in this conversation between Malcolm and Ayla that are seriously weird and creepy about what the internet is doing and what AI is doing and what this is going to do with us and to us. And so there's a lot going on here. And, you know, just like sort of Paul and Parker look at what's happened around my channel and think, huh. And, and I don't know. I don't know. We're just trying to figure this out. As I said in the, the live stream, this project is like six years old. And developmentally, we're sort of in the place of a six-year-old in terms of this, this subtle body that we have. And it's self-consciousness because it's about four, five, six that children become self-conscious and they realize that they're naked. And so we're all trying to figure this out. Being this in the real world, but there has to be people that this is, this is a vibration for them. You right. Know, so I, I, def yeah. I definitely think it's changing things. And, and yeah. Saying. Well, and I was even, I was thinking about it as I, as I saw your message come through. I was, um, you know, again, like time management is really bad for me, but whatever. I, I'm like sitting there and I'm like trying to repair a fence because my chickens keep getting out, you know? And I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Let's, I, I'm going to pop into a, a conversation with Christian. And then I'm thinking, I, I don't know where you live. You don't know where I live. You know, we don't have to tell people on the internet where we live, but I'm assuming that you're, you're not down the street, you know? So it's like the fact that I could go from repairing my fence to you know running up here and starting a conversation with you is there's something different to that there there's there's certainly a double-edged sword and we, you know you could have that conversation but it's like people need these conversations in their lives and as we have you know sort of moved into digital worlds uh, that's where the conversations are going to be had and I, I, I 100 percent agree with you. I don't think you need to be a Joe Rogan or somebody with some popular following. I actually think that some of that is going to even fall off because, yeah. you know, I think people are, are probably what will happen is as these celebrities go into trying to make more authentic common uh, content that people will find they don't really like Mr. Beast. <laughs> You know, they'll stop watching his stuff because they just didn't connect with him, you know, or his personality for whatever reason. Mm. Um, and, and you'll find, um, you know, you'll find other people. And and, and I don't know, again, we, we're not exactly sure where this will, will post. So for, for anybody that's like, what is this little corner? 
I mean, in a way, and it's something that's not really defined, it's hard to define, but essentially the way you would see it expressed is uh, a bunch of people who um, have conversation, create content, uh, engage in dialogue, and, and then those pop up on the internet and you can find them. And, you know, Paul Vanderclay is, is sort of the orchestra conductor to some degree. <laughs> like, I don't know what to call Paul, but you would, if you found Paul Vanderclay's channel or some of these other channels, it would, it would almost be like a, um, oh, like one of those swirly pictures. I'm doing a really bad job. Um, that like, as you zoom in, there's more swirly pictures inside and you zoom in and oh, you zoom yeah. in. So, right, you find Paul and what does Paul do? He, he sort of zooms in. So now I find Chad and I find Christian and I find Grim Grizz and I find Grail Country. And then I, then I zoom in on Grail Country and I go, oh, oh, who's this Luke guy? And then I sort of zoom in on Luke. And, and, and so you can, it, there's like a sort of a kaleidoscopic phenomenon, you know? So, and, and I think, yeah. So finding Paul or, or maybe even, um, I don't know who you find these days, you know, to sort of start that process, but. Um, and I think that's part of it because you know, even if you look at even if you look at the tweet, let's see if I can go straight to the tweets tweet tab. Cornus um, Natali says, "By the way, your conversations have been what I've gravitated towards." Meaning to Paul and Leitner, you've had some really great ones. So, in other words, people stop watching my videos, and hopefully, they're going to an estuary or a church or um, having you know, better sex with their spouse and not with an online avatar and all of those things. But they're, they're not, they're not stopping with me They're The churn continues, but hopefully the churn is taking them maybe to smaller channels and to smaller places and to better connecting between people and, and, and. I think that those people are fascinating. I think that's what it comes down to. Like I've, well, yeah, it's, a yeah. It's a it's a rabbit hole, but it's also it speaks to the nature of how fast because I I've been doing this a month. And here right. we are. Right. <laughs> like right. that's fast. Yeah. Uh and now in all fairness, Christian, you've made a lot of videos in your month. So um you've been you you've put in the time. And it was because like you basic like I would say that I'm in this conversation right now because you made a i think you made a comment you may have been in the stream but you made a comment and said something about does anyone know what the rabbit room is oh yeah yeah and it was like two it was probably three weeks ago or yeah. something and, I, yeah. and automatically like andrew peterson has played like a, a, a big role in my life yeah. as a artist and i yeah. was like oh okay well we're in this thing but then there's like well here's another corner you know there it is yeah <laughs> like a quarter of the quarter i was like well I would hope that maybe I could have a conversation with yeah. strange, strange theology, which yeah. Pete, which I, yeah. that, um, that we could, you know, that could play a part in. And then you, you kind of are zooming in on Joe Rogan phenomenon, which obviously that's been talked about a lot, but I think, I think the thing that you're doing as say a Christian is engaging with Joe Rogan, where a lot of people would, Oh, you know, there's foul right. language or oh, this, he's talking yeah. to this person, you know, like, right. so, right. so you're like engaging with that in a way that somebody like Paul, who would have people told him like, 
uh, Jordan Peterson's a heretic. Why are you talking about Jordan right. Peterson? Right. You, so right. it's kind of that 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 flavor of I'm I'm not scared to engage with the world. Mm. Pretty secure in who I am. But, yeah. Um, so I, you know, there's the Andrew Peterson well, thing, the Joe Rogan thing. I thought was interesting. Yeah. So uh, the link for this video is below. And again, check out the Thomas Kincaid portion of this video. It was it was really good. And you know, of course, Chad starting with the. Uh, Bridges of uh, Bridges of Meaning Hub Channel, where he did news, is now going. He's got Rando's conversations. He's got other conversations. His his commentary mashup videos are are doing their thing, and then he had this this very interesting video about um, and one of these videos that I really um, that I really enjoyed recently which I didn't show on the channel, but Chad's been putting out some really good things. This question about where are the other flotillas? And, you know, it's got all of 69 views so far. And Chad's got, Chad's got 500, how many subs does he have? 531 subs with 666 videos. Chad, do you have something to tell us? Is that why you wear the mask? Um, you know, again, this is a this is a flotilla of tiny channels in the YouTube world, and what's interesting is that Chad's little channel of the Friday Morning Nameless might have a bigger impact on a small group of people than major, major, major channels have on whole ranges of people. In other words. When it's all said and done, Chad's tiny little Friday morning nameless channel might have kind of a bigger, a more meaningful impact than channels that are dozens of times larger. Now, I did a tiny little video with Grizz uh, two days ago, uh, Member Barry Dead Reckoning. Uh, Grizz's titles are always very interesting. And, and he talked to me about his, so on one hand, Grizz is the one who, a lot of the memes, a lot of the memes in this little corner come from Grizz. You don't see them right away, but they sort of seep up from the bottom. So you got Verveke language kind of coming from above, and you got Griswold Grib memes coming from below, and so this flotilla. And, and Grizz is talking about fire ants, and fire ants apparently in a storm cluster together to to preserve the queen and her eggs and 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 they themselves become all of these little ants and, and that's really a that's really a power maybe i can find a little youtube video that shows me so here's this video and here are the fire ants and yeah 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 and then there's a flood and oh look at them look what they're doing so this is so this is grim grizz's image of what's going on that all these tiny little channels are sort of locking together and trying to hold up something trying to preserve something trying to because you can think about the ants as individuals or you can think of the ants as a collective as a body because in many ways ant hives are are more than one thing are, are one thing and they're more than one thing and they they do this they do this in order that the hive can survive that the group can survive and so of course Grizz with his apocalyptic 
vision is seeing that, well, what we're sort of doing, all these tiny little channels are creating, creating something that will endure the flood. And of course, the flood is a biblical apocalypse. Now, apocalypse happens. It always happens. And there are big ones and small ones. It's, if you go back over my body of work and you can listen to me talk about the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord comes to individuals. The day of the Lord comes to cities. The day of the Lord comes to communities. The day of the Lord comes to platforms. The day of the Lord comes to uh, ways of communicating. The day of the Lord comes to epistemology. The day of the Lord comes and destroys because we're living in the age of decay where everything gets taken out. This, this earth is a very unstable platform and human beings have known this and felt this for for a very long time. We know this deep in our bones and we're always anxious about it. And this video is about the downfall of modern podcasts. And I'm really glad that he used the word modern because it's also the downfall about modern ways of viewing the world, which in many ways is what this little cluster of fire ants floating on the flood is about. So here we go. I'm sure you've realized ever since the pandemic that absolutely everyone you've ever met has now got a podcast. And uh, there's a lot of truth to that. There's a lot of, I'm starting a podcast. Well, there you go. Join the crew. Remember, I'm starting a blog. Yeah, I remember that too. This, it's not even plugged into anything. But there is a big problem on the horizon that we're already starting to experience. See, I like this guy already because he's already playing around with the black t-shirt and the black set and the black bat. He's, he's, <laughs> he's made us, he's got the, 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 more, the much more expensive Shure mic than my little uh, Blue Yeti here, which does pretty good. Experience. Follow me. Now you probably, like, what were you filming then? Is it too much to ask to keep the camera on me? Now problem number one is if you're like me, I like listening to the Joe Rogan podcast. So when he went over to Spotify, we celebrated it and we were happy to pay that Spotify membership. But then for some reason, although we're paying Spotify the money, he's still putting ads in the podcast. So I'm there in bed listening to an episode about to fall asleep. And then bam. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. <laughs> oh, he's so right. He's so right. And that's why I hate... Well, that's why I hate emplacement ads. So, you know, you can listen to the audio podcast. You don't have to look at it. There's no ads in the audio podcast. Like, whoa. So you're like, hold on, I'm paying you Spotify so I don't get ads. And now I'm getting ads either way. And they don't even... Yeah, that's how I feel about YouTube Premium. And remember the video I just made about that YouTube has figured this out, that they're like... Yeah, you know, um, we're going to put ads every 30 seconds. And if you're going to have an ad blocker, we're going to figure out our way around your ad blocker. And one way or another, you're going to get ads. And so then, you know, I still have a, I'm in my second year of Daily Wire. And I don't, I don't listen to hardly anything on it. Usually the, the last little bit of a Jordan Peterson thing on the rare occasion, if he's got someone that I'm interested in really listening to. And the main reason I'll do it is because the Daily Wire doesn't have any interstitial ads in at all from Hallow or Exodus 90 or um, Gold or any of the things that they advertise. But, you know, yeah. But he's going to talk about this too. This is a really good video. Even play them at the beginning like Lex Friedman so you can skip through them and pretend you listen to him. They put them, bam. 
Come on, over here, over here, come on. For many of you, you've probably heard of a podcast called Diary of a CEO with Stephen Bartlett. And congratulations, they just hit five minutes. Now with your Aussie accent, I have actually no idea what podcast you just told me about, but I love Australian, I love Aussies, so, and I think your accent is totally cool, but I have no idea what you're talking about and I probably don't even need to know because the main points are coming right now million subscribers on YouTube, which is amazing. But there's a lot of controversy between the guests at the moment, and all the guests seem to contradict each other and say different things, but they're all renowned experts. But being an expert isn't merely enough, because if you- Ah, uh, ah, uh, did you, we're, we're, we use the E word. They're experts. They're experts. We had a little conversation about experts a little while ago, and how, I just wanna listen to experts. I wanna listen to people who stay in their lane because they're an expert. You think about it, if two companies are suing you. Now, before I go too far with the expert, I did get, because I do read the comments, and there is an MD, and I'm not gonna out you in the comments, but there's another MD that said, hey, wait a minute, this whole caring thing that we talked about in that podcast, caring kills, and he's right, caring does kill. I see it all the time. I see children caring for their parents, the reason you have a doctor who is an expert, and I have a doctor and I like my doctor and I listen to my doctor. Um, I listen to my doctor more than I listen to the internet about what I should do because he's an expert, because he's been to medical school and because he knows a lot of things that I don't know. So I still very much do listen to my doctor, but I don't listen to my doctor all the way. And some of that is personal stubbornness. My doctor would still like me to lose a few pounds. Um, but I do listen to my doctor. In other words, Expertise isn't going away. What we're doing is sort of continuing to figure out where expertise is sort of in the matrix because the funny thing, there's a funny thing about influence that it, it's nowhere near as straightforward as this entire facade of expertise is. Now, what's really interesting about him is he's going to talk about, well, why do you listen to podcasts because you get information okay and that triggers the verveikiism where where do you go for information well google podcasts youtube facts where do you go for knowledge books where do you go for wisdom hmm. what is wisdom wisdom is trying to figure out how to live, trying to manage information, information. Don't forget that funny word, knowledge, facts. Trying to manage it into one cohesive whole in terms of how should I live? Well, churches, I suppose each other both companies will have experts and those both experts in the same field would disagree with each other just making someone an expert doesn't mean they're wrong oh experts disagree with each other no right or well, you wouldn't have people on different sides and there are several components to operating a podcast in 2024 that people aren't thinking about podcasts are businesses they are not vessels of means of there you go chad your podcast is a business not really getting you free information, although it may feel that way. Places like YouTube will pay you AdSense, but when you start looking at these- Okay, Chad, so if you can get up above 500, you can get AdSense, and then you'll discover, as Grim Grizz discovered, 
you're not going to make much money from AdSense. You're going to make much, you're going to make more money basically through donations or memberships. But even that is all part of the AdSense thing. And you're probably not going to make enough to not, no longer have to lay tile. There are other routes to making money. Across as businesses, this is only a fraction, maybe 10 to 20% of what that business is earning is being paid for by Google. One of the main places you will earn money in a podcast is sponsors. And the sponsor will pay depending on the amount of downloads or the amount. And that's not quite the shadow cabal, so say we all. Amount of views, because you are putting eyes and ears in front of their brand. Podcasts also use discount codes, but they're not discount codes, they're commission codes. When you look at Huberman promoting Athletic Greens, if you use this code for the discount, it actually allows Athletic Greens to understand where they're giving their commission to. And if we use Athletic Greens as an example, you're not only looking at $50 commission. Per and it was really interesting when Athletic Greens was advertising on Alex O'Connor, and it's like, oh. And what's so amazing about our strange world today, of course, Alex O'Connor gets this degree from Oxford in philosophy and theology. I think that's what he got his degree in. And the most lucrative thing he can do in terms of his job is YouTube. All these people that want to become YouTube influencers, I guess. But... If you want to become a YouTube influencer, don't look at my model. <laughs> I've been surprisingly fortunate with my hapless self. But look for look at someone who's going to grow. Look at look at look at Chris Williamson. I mean, look at what he's done. It's pretty amazing, you know, up above a million subscribers, big names, Jordan Peterson, sponsors, black t-shirts, you know, good tan well put together, upper body. A sale, but every sale they're on in. So no doubt a sponsor will not just pay the person to be mentioned, they will then pay the person every time there's commission on their product and sales on their in. So when the likes of Huberman are saying Athletic Greens is really good and it makes them feel so much better, they're not just looking at commission, they're looking at recurring commission. Now, what makes things interesting? Now, I don't have a problem with any of this because if you watch set, commercial TV, it's the same model, mostly. Uh, you watch I Love Lucy, and then you see a commercial. And you watch some more I Love Lucy, and then you see a commercial. And it's it's just kind of, it's the same thing. Now, early on, I got TiVo, so I could fast forward through the commercials. And now with streaming, I tend to pay for the added thing of no longer having to watch the commercials, like I pay for the YouTube premium, so I no longer have to see the ads, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That, that's not really the thing that I'm interested in this video about, although that's interesting too. And keeping, keeping some understanding of the platform you're using for your community and your sense-making, it, it stands to reason that's pretty important. That's not what's interesting to me about this man's video. Interesting. So if we look at a company like Huel, Stephen Bartlett is a non-executive director of Huel, which I assume means he has shares in the business. So although I'm sure that Huel paid Dario Vecio money, every time Stephen Bartlett mentions Huel, he's also inflating the portfolio of a business that he's got shares in. And wow, that's pretty cool. Before I say that's terrible, I do that every time I tell you about Newtonic, the world's first productivity drinks. Oh, my shares in the business just went up. So so. <laughs> I love it.
So far, nothing really is wrong with this picture. The problem starts becoming apparent when you start looking at guests. In the beginning, you want- Ah, guests. Now, he's not talking randos. And in fact, the randos are gonna be a totally different thing <laughs> because his whole paradigm of knowledge, information, wisdom is gonna fall apart with randos because why would you ever have a rando on your channel? And again, I didn't, 10 years ago, I didn't set about and telling myself how I could build a, a community empire by um, putting randos on the internet. I just backed into this thing because I'm a pastor. But let's continue. Fantastic guests who can arrive and change people's lives and give people so much information and get massive amounts of views and grow your channel to 5 million subscribers. Give people, give people information. That you're going to guests for information. Now, you're also going to guests for wisdom because those other three Ps in the four Ps of knowing, you can Google that if you need to know what they are. Those other three Ps in the four Ps of knowing is about I'm looking for wisdom. And, and I think in a lot of ways, people look to Jordan Peterson, they got information out of him and they got knowledge out of him, but they're really looking to him for wisdom. And so when it comes to, and look at the language we use, when it comes to online gurus, we look for wisdom, but what about this expert thing? What about this lane thing? But you will exhaust the amount of great guests very soon. And you can get those guests back on, or what we're starting to see is you bring on guests not who are known for being factually correct or objective, but that you know will cause controversy, cause a rift between the... Okay, not for who are factually objective. Oh, oh. In other words, the guests are these little buckets of facts, and we want... Really? You don't need a guest to be a little bucket of facts. That's not really why you have a guest. You can just you can just send them a text. You can send them a message. That's not really what's going on. You get a guest. Now, then he says, well, you get a guest for controversy. The followers cause massive amounts of engagement, cause people to be so outraged that they go and watch the podcast just to see what's factually incorrect in it. And of course, and, and, and again, they don't watch it to see what's factual. And there's just some people that they're hate watching, but Jordan Peterson will often make the point that my videos have on average 98% up thumbs versus down thumbs. Well, of course they do. That's what happens because the number of really objectionable hate watchers is always going to be low. And yes, there's even some people, someone out there that every now and then down votes the Freddie and Paul show, which I can't figure out why, but there it is. I'm not worried about the Freddie and Paul show and the YouTube algorithm. I used to worry about that. I thought, what if a million people watch the Freddie and Paul show? And you know what? It doesn't happen. And I don't think it ever will. And I'm really happy about that. And that's my position. Sorry, Freddie, if you get to this point, if you watch this. I don't want to ever watch the Freddie and Paul. If you're gonna, Freddie, if you're gonna have, if you're gonna have a million followers, it won't be because of me. But anyway, but just watch the framing of not so much the stuff about YouTube is interesting, and the stuff about this ending is inevitable. But the stuff about knowledge, 
and how he's viewing this and how people work is the really interesting thing. And I've made this point many times before because I learned this a long time ago as a pastor. Because the way it's supposed to work as a pastor is something like this. Well, here's stuff from the Bible. The pastor takes the stuff from the Bible and puts it in the mouth of the little birds with their mouths open. Puts the little biblical worms in. And, and, and then, and then, but then you push them and say, and then what? Now, we talked quite a bit in the live stream today about feels and, and all of those things. And then T. Grog came in and, you know, was skeptical about all these things. And skeptical, of course. We talked in the live stream today about how most people are just sort of wandering in and out of places and they're looking for something. And, you know, even you too, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. But he, and he's already a Christian. Well, he's not the right kind of Christian, you know. If you go to the Orthodox Church, if you go to Charismatic Church, or if you go to a truly Reformed Church, or if you go to a mainline church, or if you go to blah, 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 doesn't matter. One of the most interesting things about this entire journey and this entire guruosphere is that if you if you really ask someone, what is it exactly we're looking for? Now, you might grab a fancy theological word like sumum bonum. Go ahead. Clip me. Sumum bonum. All Grim Grizz's little fire ants. Sumum bonum. That's probably Chad going to do it. Uh... You can say a word like sumum bonum, but wisdom we know is pointing us to something we don't know. And everything he's about to say is all still sort of built in this idea that if I get all the facts right, then, well, then what? I'll, I'll, I'll look as good as him. I'll have arms like him. I'll have hair like him. His hairline's receding. He might have to get in there and get those plants or whatever um you know massage that scalp it's because scalps are anyway my chair was I, i'll leave it alone i'll leave it alone uh, i still haven't found what i'm looking for what are we looking for of course get huge amounts of views you'll even notice that the thumbnail for the episode is changed every hour on the hour 12 hours after the podcast is released to see which thumbnail causes people to click on the most. There is a- You'll notice that, it's true, they do it. The title gets changed. Science to this, and they're choosing titles that are provocative, intriguing, but we're now at the point where people are just looking to piss people off, and if that- And, and so, okay, so we played the title game, we paid the, the thumbnail game, and now we're playing the provocation game because anger and fear motivate people, and what's really important is that they click and that they watch and that we have their attention but then there's the there's the there's basically the cloying effect which means you see enough of this and you and you just finally click away now here's the beauty about randos hierarchies bind and blind and when you get a high status, this is part of the reason I don't really like going out and looking for high status people to interview because they, they have been formed, they're on a hierarchy, and that hierarchy binds and blinds. And, and actually, I am in the same hunt for knowledge and information and wisdom. But I find that actually it's God places it 
all over the place. And there's, there's all this interest out in the wildness of the world. We're far more interesting than fire ants. He was really open about it. And uh, so I've had a couple of conversations with him at this point. And um, then like uh, I'm now invited to host a conversation on judges with someone. Oh, good. With, with, uh, with Jason Almontree. Um, yes. And uh, yeah, so it was like, who else, who else wants to have these conversations with me? Who else is interested in this kind of stuff? Um, and when I go to a church, it, it, it's very difficult. I'll talk to people and it's very difficult to find people yeah. that are interested in these topics. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I kind of searching for that kind of a thing to, to find. I think so. I did a video this week on you know autodidacts. You know yeah. Sam sort Sam Tiedemann sort of you know when he said that word I thought oh they're they're part of I know a bunch of people like you came into our local Jordan Peterson meetup when we started and right there I thought you usually we have the problem of churn on YouTube because you you need again the video is definitely made better by that dog barking. Don't don't settle for anything less than the original, which has dog barkings and sirens in the background and cars with really obnoxious booming sounds coming from their um, massive speakers. And a near infinite amount, YouTube tends to provide that. Yeah. But what that means is you're going to churn through stuff. And yeah. after you're churning on YouTube a while, the... The shallowness of YouTube itself because of the rituals of YouTube means yeah. you're going to churn all the faster. And and actually, the resolution of that are people. Yeah. And that's part of, again, the reason why my vision of my vision, which has sort of manifest itself in what some people call the corner, is the, the end of churn is people. Because, yeah. you know, even... It was so interesting because Verveke, with his last conversation with Peterson, talked about his, you know, he, he's made a lifetime commitment to his partner, which is sort of like marriage, but he doesn't use that word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, he, you know, I hear people say, well, I wouldn't want to live forever because I'd get bored. But here's the funny thing about people. Um you know, you can, to a degree, sort of hit a plateau with people. They sort of become mapped. Um, they sort of become mapped territory. But what at least we've seen in our lifetimes with something like marriage is that I've, you know, lived. I've lived. I've been married to my wife thirty-six years. We've known each other thirty-eight years. Right. And because right. we're both changing. You know, there there still is mystery, and, and we're even mining our childhood sometimes. And so it's that's the that's the in part. Soylent Green is people. That means you're using misinformation. If it brings you views and it brings you listens and it brings you attention, that's not only going to bring you more money from sponsors, it's also going to give you more prospects to sell the business in which you're promoting. And all you need to do is check the comment section of these guests when they're announced. There was even a post by the vegan doctor that I was meant to show you guys here, but I think it's been deleted because the comments were so bad on it. But although you can cause a lot of controversy from the amount of people that are coming to your page, if it boosts your revenue, 
you will continue to do that habit or endeavor. It's a positive feedback loop. Now, now remember, with the expert plan, you still have the problem of selection of experts. And the selection of experts, and you're black, back into that black box of relevance realization. You're, you're going to need your biases, but you're going to have to deal with your biases. So the biggest issue you see in models like Diary of a CEO is that it's very apparent this is becoming more of a business operation than it is trying to get good quality information to the forefront of the listeners. Let's have a look at some of the good quality information to the forefront of the listeners. Now remember Sam's comment about Google in terms of, well, the more Google messes with it. And so we sort of have this idea that the marketplace is going to decide, but again, read History of Scientific Revolutions. It basically says that science is a marketplace. But if science is a marketplace, you don't actually escape all of the dynamics that he just pointed to and how the marketplace distorts. And then he plays this, then he plays this, this video um, which is really interesting where some guy was on Huberman and gave this little study about um, people who drank such and such a thing and then talked about the fact that, well, he didn't even read the study correctly. Uh, fortunately, he put the study in the notes and then someone who did read the study correctly will begin to see that, well, but then you begin to notice that, well, what about these studies? and peer-reviewed journals. Have you listened to any Jordan Peterson about that game, and the woozling and, and all the kinds of things? And so, well, let's say maybe your, your main goal is in fact to, well, we're back to the summum bonum problem. What, what, what in fact is your main goal? Where will you find wisdom? How will you know what is good? Is the most important thing to have black t-shirts and nice tan arms that look good? Well, if you listen to home math, that, that might get you laid. But part of the problem with home math is at some point, okay, you got laid. Good. You get laid again. Good. So maybe maybe you can, you know, the whole thing of 40 virgins. Oh, great. Um, maybe you're just like a real athlete and you can enjoy all 40 versions in one day. Well, if 40 is good, maybe 50 is good. If 50 is good, maybe 60 is good. And then I don't remember how I came across it, but I found a story from the Daily Mail of a man who suffers from 100 orgasms a day for the past two years. Now, again, you might say, well, boy, wouldn't it be great to have an orgasm a day? Well, if one orgasm is good, how about two? How about three? And then, if that's good, how about a hundred? But, but this poor dude, I mean, I, I really shouldn't laugh, but because there are women who have a similar, it's a similar disorder, it's an illness, and they, they can't. Then when I began to think about what this must be like, I thought, yes, I could see how this is horrible. The poor man is disabled by orgasms. And some of you think, well, yeah, this Vander Clay is one loose cannon. <laughs> but it makes the point about what is good? What is the summum bonum? Getting up, we're back to the book of Ecclesiastes. All that I see under the sun, hevel. It's, it's meaningless. It's where can you find wisdom? 
podcasts, information, experts. Experts on what? Experts on life. Oh, now we're talking. If you go back to Pete, and, and Pete made a really important observation that, you know, people watch Joe Rogan because, you know, he's got comedians on, he has MMA fighters on, he has all, but you know what people are really interested in? At least in this little corner, they really are. What about his religion? Well, why? Because, because religion, way at the bottom, is really where the whole thing is at. Now, what I'm going to read about, read to you is a in the Islam video, someone dropped, uh, said, well, you should read Thomas Carlyle on Muhammad. So I don't know anything about that. So then I do a little bit of digging and I find Thomas Carlyle and I read some reviews of what Thomas Carlyle said about Islam. And, oh, that was interesting. But I, actually, I found the, the whole book to be, you know, to be far more interesting. Um, you know, let's Let's get what we... Um, <laughs> you got the Marlboro man on the cover, which is kind of funny. And, and then I found that, oh, there's audio. There's some guy reading this book on YouTube. With, he's a pretty good reader. It's not too bad. It's not an easy book to read. Well, it's not, not hard book to read, but Carlyle, as many people noted, uses words in kind of his own way. But right from the start, he started talking about religion. And now in the earlier part of the book, he basically is a deconstructed Scotsman from, um, from the church there. And it is well said in every sense that a man's religion is the chief fact with regard to him. And I thought, wow, yeah, he's right. A man's or a nation of men's. By religion, I do not mean here the church creed which he professes, the articles of faith which he signs, and the words or otherwise asserts, not this holy in many cases, not this at all. We see men of all kinds of professed creeds attain to almost all degrees of worth or worthlessness under each or any of them. Pick the best church you can find, and you'll find the worst men and women. Pick a really bad church, and you might find some gems. That's really interesting. So Carlisle notes that, of course, I'm not going to say profession is worthless. No, but it's it's just more complicated than that. And of course, Jesus says that too. Um, you know, you say, you come to me and say, Lord, Lord, did we not heal the sick and raise the dead? And I say, depart from me, I never knew you. Oh, so relevance realization. It's about knowing Jesus. Okay, so you go to knowing Jesus churches with discipleship and or or all of those things, and, and you'll find the turds there too. And some of the turds are gems, and some of the gems are turds. And again, this is the way it goes. This is not what I call religion. This profession and assertion, which is often only a profession and assertion from the outworks of the man, from the mere argumentative region of him, if even so deep as that. But the thing a man does practically believe, this is exactly what Jordan Peterson says, a religion is what, this isn't coming out of people's mouths, a religion is what they act out of. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this is often enough without asserting it, even to himself, much, much less to others. The thing a man does practically lay to heart and know for certain, 
concerning his vital relations to this mysterious universe and his duty and destiny there. That is, that is in all cases the primary thing for him. The creatively determined that and creatively determines all the rest. That is his religion, or it may be his mere skepticism and no religion. This is 1840, so um, yeah, skepticism's been around a long time. The matter, it is which he feels himself to be spiritually related to the unseen world or no world. And I say, if you tell me what that is, you tell me to a very great extent what the man is. Now, that's a little bit of tension with what he said before. In other words, even though on one hand your religion, yeah, you're, you're, at the same time your metaphysics matter. Your community matters. Your formation matters. Just an information dropping into you from a podcast. Make sure you get good sourced information, just like good sourced veggies. And I say, if you tell me what that is, you tell me to a very great extent what the man is and what the kinds of things he will do. Of a man or of a nation we inquire. And so back to Plato's Republic, you know, the, we scale up. First of all, what religion they had. Was it heathenism, plurality of gods, mere sensuous representation of the mystery of life? And for chief recognized elements therein, physical force? Was it Christianism? <laughs> I didn't know Andrew Sullivan didn't develop that term. Here it is, 1840. Faith in an invisible, not as real only, but as, but as the only reality, time through every meanest moment of it resting on eternity. Pagan empire of force displayed by nobler supremacy. Uh, on and on it goes. It's a very interesting chapter. Enjoying the book. Now it's a thousand interesting qualifications I could give you, but that's not the point of the video. Basically what he's going to say is podcasting. Can't trust it. It's getting corrupted. It's, it's getting corrupted by the marketplace because there's this huge chasing after experts. There's this huge chasing after experts and the experts are corrupted. And so we used to believe the information we got because we got so little information. And, and I don't think any of that is true at all. I want to I re-listen to the end of my conversation with John Verveke because it's, there's all optimal grip here. Because wisdom is very much like optimal grip, but it's it's far too many variables. And so it does actually get boiled down into living and into life. But so much of your life you can't choose. You can't choose your sex. You can't choose the time you were born, the parents you were born to. You can't choose any of that. The, the number of things that you can pursue, the ideas that you can pursue, and really the deep things, not just sort of the the myriad of information. I mean, one of the main things that I see today is that we are bombarded with so much information. Most of it just flows through us like a warm cup of coffee. Information. It's, it's, we're, we're sort of, oh, we, we find some information, think that'll change my life. Oh, there's another. Oh, there's another. Oh, there's another. So then we have all kinds of other psychotechnologies to slow down. And to Lectio Divina, so we can 
narrow it. And, and again, all, all of these things are fine and good and profitable and they do things, but we can't save ourselves. Well, what do you mean save? What, what pastor? He's pastor. This pastor talk just invaded what was a perfectly enjoyable video. Save from what? Save from who? Save for what? Save how long? All of these are the questions that are worth asking. And so whether we're watching Joe Rogan or, you know, I, I don't even know the greens because I avoid the commercials like the plague. But this is what we're about. This is what we're after. And, and, we, we, and it's hard to even just sort of lay on the table and say that clearly. But it is because once you find something and you have a degree of fittedness, and then, then, then you're still trying to optimize that fit. That's good. That's the end of this video. Leave a comment. Let me know what you think.